0: Welcome to the B&E podcast with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted.
1: Here we are. Once again, on the B&E podcast. Once again, sir. Once again, sir. <laughs> For this not-so-serious Sunday extravaganza. Meaning that we don't know what we're going to talk about. You actually know before we do. Yes. And by you, we mean you, the, you the listener. You, the audience. Because you've read the title. Yeah, you've read the title, but we don't know what the title is. We don't know what the
0: title is yet. <laughs> but we'll discover it. Yep. We'll figure it out. Usually so. it takes us a few minutes sometimes 20 to 30.
1: And sometimes we think it's going to take 20 to 30 and then we're like five minutes in and we're cooking. Yeah. So don't miss a single moment. So speaking of auditioning, (laughs)
0: I'm just kidding. I have nothing to say about that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So what's new? What's new? Oh man. I read your book. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I liked your book. I really did. I think you got a great, a great draft there. Um, so
1: it's exciting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You haven't given me any notes, I uh, given you any notes, notes but, uh, which I did request for, yeah. uh, for notes from you and uh, a handful of other people who I've submitted it to. I think it's going to be uh, a really good book when you finally release it.
0: Cause I think, um, it really gives a good, uh, explanation of what you're, what you're doing with acting. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, there's this whole element to our lives and the way we do our lives that actually gets in the way of our craft. It gets in the way of our, what we're doing. And I think what's happening at least in in the book, in the current draft is you're doing a good job at kind of confronting those issues that are actually kind of in the way. And until those are kind of cleared out, you know, or until those are kind of confronted or looked at or considered. Yeah. Maybe is the right word. Yeah. Um, you know, you you can kind of try to cover all that stuff with all this technique and all this craft and all these lessons and whatever, but, but that's always going to be the problem until you kind of go back down and you kind of deal with that stuff. Then the techniques become maybe a helper, an addition to an, an already earned freedom you've developed from, you know, facing things like fear and guilt and, uh, you know, and, and, and understanding why forgiveness and love is important in your acting and in your own life. Um, you know, I I don't want to give away the book and I'm not going to give you notes here necessarily unless you wanted them, but, um, (laughs) I was talking with a client today. And so there's this, uh, we were breaking down his script and, um, we're talking about the ego and we're talking about, the character and the, the character's idea of who the character thinks they are and who they become by the end of the story. And, um, <clears throat> what happens in most stories, at least really good ones is the character usually hits a rock bottom moment. Yeah. They usually hit a moment of rock bottom where basically you don't have pride anymore to cover up. There's nothing because you, you don't have anything there. You've out, you're out of options and the audience is out of options and everybody's like, well, now what? And that's kind of, you know, when the ego dies and, um, you know, when I would run people through this movie maker course, the reason why it was, well, the reason why I was successful and the reason why people would kind of, if they, if they actually made it through, because not everybody did, but if yeah. they actually made it through, if they didn't give up when they hit their own kind of rock bottom moment in the course, cause it happens, right? They're going to face their fear. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was talking to my client it, He says, that's why you do that. That's why you bring us to that point where we have to face our fear. Cause it's the ego death. I'm like, that's right. I want you guys to confront what you're pretending to be and face reality head on and see what that looks like. And then if you can show up without the need to, pre- to cause you can't pretend to be anything once you get there. Once you face your fear, you know, especially the ultimate fear, but once you face your fear, the ego dies because, or you, you just try to keep the ego and you run away. Right. Mm-hmm. One of two things. So really, but the beautiful thing is, is if you kill, you kind of, kill the ego a little bit, right? Or at least you, you know, you make it, uh, you expose you, it, you expose it, right? Then you start seeing like, Hey, you've been, you've been running the show here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This false sense of who you are, which, you know, how could you're acting? I mean, it just goes further for anything. How could your acting ever be truthful? If you're, if you're leading your life from a false idea of who you are. I mean, it, it, it seems pretty obvious, Yeah. That you couldn't really connect to your truth if you're pretending to be something you're not. Right. Yet to be truthful, you can actually then pretend to be something you're not because you're coming from your truth in a way.
1: Right. Because you can be another character and empathize
0: with them. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can find those elements like these universally connecting mm -hmm. things, which was part of the aim of, the book, which was, you know, like, yeah, like when you get down to the specifics, you know, of each part you play, yeah, you'll find, you know, there's these little differences, and and um, but a lot of those are are kind of uh, to a degree aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, you know, like whether this character moves in this, like the character's physicality, you know, and, and those can all be very profound things in a performance, and I'm not discrediting any of that whatsoever. I think those are all amazing, wonderful things. I just watched The Master, um, for the first time, which like Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors and I can't believe it took me this long to watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked it. It's not my favorite of his, but there's some terrific performances. I mean, you had Philip Seymour Hoffman in there and you had Joaquin Phoenix in there and Joaquin Phoenix was just like, I mean, he plays such a great creep, for one. But I mean, he just took it to a whole new level of creep, like his physicality in it, like the, this posture and the way he moved and stuff. He was just such a weird guy <laughs> to watch and that whole thing. Was, I was just like put off in some ways, but I thought it was like, wow, that was just amazing. Hmm. You know? Cause like, that's kind of who this guy was. He was just like, you didn't know what he was going to do. He was a little bit off his rocker and a little bit unstable and and kind of just, and he made everybody around him uncomfortable and you felt that way just watching him. Um, but anyhow, I digress. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of these things and yeah, they're kind of aesthetic. They're, they're kind of, uh, in performance there. Yes, there are these specifics that you get into and they're wonderful, delicious little details, but, um, the idea, I think that, and because this is, maybe me projecting, but I feel like there was a whole core behind my acting that, um, was a little bit hollow for a great many years. And it was a lack of sort of, a understanding and depth of our humanity, Hmm. which was what the book was kind of aiming at getting. It's like, okay, you know what, these are things. And this is like, you know, I wrote it from almost a, a spiritual perspective, Perspective, but it's still very, it's very psychoanalytical though, at the same time, you know, and you can, you can treat it almost just as that, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, all of these things that every human being deals with fear and guilt and love and, you know, shame and, you know, all of these things. And like, these are kind of the driving forces that, that shape our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, in ways that we are aware and unaware of, and I, and what I want to do is make people aware that of these things. You know, yeah. just like you know, how much you go into it and explore it is kind of up to you. But you know, in my experience, the more that I've explored these ideas and these concepts, the more I'm like, "This is so true." Right. You know, th- this is how we operate out in the world, and you can begin to recognize that in yourself. You know, and that can be a bit jarring you know in the book i said it i'm like there might be you know things in here that you might really have a hard time with this um some of these ideas they might really hit you in a way and but i mean as an actor that as actors that's and as artists i think that you know anyone could read that this not just an actor i mean as artists it's so important that we understand we understand our humanity And that was the biggest thing behind it. It's like, what's the core of our humanity? And let's understand what this whole thing is and be more compassionate. Right. And then once we have a stronger, like compassionate, empathetic connection to our own humanity and our connection to other people, um, our acting can then more fearlessly go into, into places of these fears and these guilts and these loves and these, the things that are going on under the surface with us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, you know, I really, I think for acting compassion and empathy are the greatest, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the nugget. Like it's the key. If you can have compassion and empathy, you can connect to any other character or human being in the world. And, um, I think the actor's greatest limit is their own judgment and their own guilt. And you point, you point that out quite a bit. And I I really agreed with a lot of the points you were, you're putting out with. And I think, um, you know, I've been working a lot on forgiveness in my own life and I found that like forgiveness is it's, it's just, you know, it's been this bastardized word really in our culture, but it's, it's so much about, it's so much about the self, you know, it's so much about, um, if I forgive, it's so much more about me than it is about that other person, you know? And, um, as I've been realizing that, I mean, if I'm walking around in life and I judge someone that is now an, and I make that wrong or bad, you know, or I, it's like, what part of me is that, that I, you know, that I refuse to refuse to look at really, mm-hmm. because I think the thing is, is actors ultimately, you know, if you really want to take your craft anywhere, if you really want to take this art form anywhere, the thing is, is you got to start to look at how you are like everybody else. And where is that in you? Right. And if you say, well, I'm not like that. Well, I think like, um, you know, the, the action that person takes might not be the action you would take, but the feeling is the same. Yeah. You know, the, the sense we, we still, we, we, we know a similar sense of, feeling purposelessness. We know a similar sense of feeling lonely. We, we, we have our own interpretation of it, but you know, if you, you might have never experienced that emotion that far, but if you imagine like, what would it take for me to feel that? Like what would I have to lose? What would, what would have to happen in my life? You know, and you know, I think it's really uncomfortable to do sometimes because you, you know, you go, well, what if you lost all your limbs, or you couldn't move, or you're a vegetable, or you lost yeah. your, you know, like what, w- at what point would you feel that it was too hard to come back from, or that you feel like it, there's no point, right? And so, until you're willing to like look at these really difficult areas, you don't really have full access to your instrument. Because I think, like, acting when it's easy, like, the easy part of acting is to do stuff that's all in your comfort zone. But yeah. if you want to, if you want to be able to do what very few can do, you need to go into those dark areas, those dark pockets, and then you got to bring love with you. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you bring judgment, it doesn't really matter. You're just going to be blocked out of those areas. Right. But if you come in with love, you know, that's where, that's where all of the gold is. Yeah.
1: yeah. And finding that like, you know, cause sometimes it's like the expression of how these things come out in individuals. Like that's, um, you know, that's kind of like where it becomes the play of the acting, but it's like when you can connect to these core things and it's just like, okay, well, it's like, if you can understand how guilt has an impact in your own life or in other people's lives around you, um, and how it expresses itself through other people, then you can, and how it expresses through your own being, you can begin to see how it, will express itself through the parts that you play. Hmm. Right. I think that that's like, and then, then it really becomes play. It's like, okay, so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like, I, I love that. That's something I learned from Ted, from Ted Whittall, yeah, our teacher. It was just like, it was the most brilliantly simple, like way of getting into the physicality and exploring the physicality of a character anybody has ever <laughs> brought to me. Hmm. Or it's just like, you know, you find these things, it's like, okay, like, what is, um, you know, like, what is this person's biggest inner obstacle? And you can explore that, you know, based on some of these things, like, okay, well, where's the guilt? Where's the fear? Where's hmm. the love? Where's the freedom? And then just be like, okay, now, well, what does that look like? Hmm. Right? And that was it. That was the whole question you asked, was like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you just sort of feel it in your body. And then it becomes, you know, this weird, mysterious process called acting. (laughs) You're like, I don't know why it makes me do this, but this is what it makes me do. And, and you really start to feel it inside your body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, I don't know if, uh, if actors have to be totally psychologically aware of themselves and, and that to necessarily be able to, um, find really amazing, performances and, and really great connections to their character necessarily. But I think that, you know, it's a much, um, easier and more joyful process to come from a place of understanding. You know, I've, I've been in certain acting classes where they're touching on these types of topics, but the teacher didn't really know what they were doing. So Mm. they're like kind of giving you some good direction and some good guidance. And then they're giving you stuff that's totally, their own shit just projected onto you and they can't see it because they don't, they don't know and they're not aware. And, um, you know, and I think, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, as long as I think as long as a person isn't arrogant and they act like they know it all, I think it's a totally innocent mistake. Right. But, um, you know, I think what ends up happening is, is, you know, we are, you know, with, with this art form in many ways, we're still the blind leading the blind a little bit because we're blind, right? And so until we really are, we still we start to become aware of how we process. I mean, most of the world, and we had an earlier talk about this, but most of the world believes that they take the world in. They don't, they don't see that they project the whole world out. They don't mm-hmm. see that everything that is really around them has a relationship because of something they created inside of themselves. Yeah. And that, that thing that they created inside of themselves was not because of something outside of them either. It was because of them. And what happens is we just choose things because they become comfortable and then we do them over and over again. And so then we're just functioning from that. And then we become basically these in a way, robotic beings that are just doing things, you know, so unconsciously. And so like, I think this more like right now and what your book's trying to do, but what a lot of people are trying to do is raise the level of conscious awareness, you know, because that's really what. That's really the main issue. That's and you know I think what ends up happening like in the past is you'll have people who you know someone will look super confident and you'll be like that person's super confident. Another person will be super shy, and you'll be like, well, they're just different types of people. And it's like, well, not necessarily. There's like a there's a program, there's a processing and a way in which they're projecting the world out where which way they decided based on you know whatever. Um, that they're going to interact with the world that way. Yeah. They don't even realize that that is not real. That was made up. So they're even their sense of identity of I'm shy or I'm confident was made up. And so then, yeah, you become trapped in it. And some just look better. Some just look better in society. So we go, oh, I, you know, I got my shit figured out, but it's like, well, if you don't get what it's like to be the opposite of that, then you're just blind to it. And, uh, you know, if you're blind to it, it's, it's hard for you to have that compassion, that empathy. And
1: so you're, you're limited, right? Yeah. And nobody's really got their shit figured out. (laughs) I mean, there's people who've got a few more, you know, a little more of their shit figured out, but I don't know if anybody's completely got their shit figured out. No.
0: And I think if you do, I mean, then you might as well, it's just death. Yeah. You know, the whole thing is, uh, you know, I think that, I think that, uh, as a human being, I mean, I think one of the wonderful things is we constantly get to discover ourselves and unravel. And, um, and I think it's enjoying that unraveling is the, 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 the detachment from needing to ever be completed or finished or whatever, to understand that life is a process. And so long as it's processing you're living, you know? And so when we, we have these weird desires to stop the process and to get somewhere and to start some new process or something. And it's like, yeah, like you're just be in the same place you're in right now. Like if you get into a new process, you'll want that process to end, you know, because it's like, so like what we need to do is kind of, my opinion is we need to embrace the process, you know, um, don't focus so much on completing the task as much as like the, the, um, journey of actually processing and making the thing, you know, come to be like the actual doing of it is the, is where the life is, right. Mm -hmm. But the completion I mean, I think it's a nice moment of release, but like if we set our whole life up to like moments of release, you know, then I think we, we have a limited, limited experience of what we can enjoy out of it. But if you really like, like overcoming things, you like um, facing those obstacles, problem solving, figuring it out. I mean, that's where, that's where the real joy of living really comes. Right. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, but I think it's also like, you know, it, it takes, it takes, um, conscious thinking because I think a lot of, you know, the world has wanted us to, to, it wanted, it's wanted us to believe we need to be complete because it can sell us shoes <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, that, yeah. that dress or that blazer or whatever, or that, that trip, you know, or, or make us buy that, you know, uh, membership to that dating site or whatever it is, yeah, because we believe once I get this thing. It will all be so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, and that's, that's a hundred percent of how like, you know, consumer marketing works. Like it's just this will, yeah. It's like it's some idea of this will make you complete in some way. This will make you the person you've always dreamed of being, Yeah, you know, whether that's like a, you know, a new blender <laughs> or a new car. Man, I need that new blender, Evan. Yeah. Once I have that new blender, I'm going to... Man, I'm going to have parties. Yeah. I'm going to make people shakes. I'm going to make people shakes. You're going to be the
0: best shakes in town, yeah. man.
1: And I'll make myself shakes, you know. In fact, I'm going to get two blenders.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because I want to have... I want to make all the shakes at once.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> you I don't know? want and anybody like, waiting. And And not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with blenders or shakes. No. They're, they're wonderful and, and, you know, absolutely. There's things that can improve a certain aspect of your life, but, um, there's never a complete thing. And yeah, it's this, it's this, I don't My know. Shake what will never be complete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cause eventually, you know, the, you stop having shakes and next thing you know, the blenders mm-hmm. in like you, a thrift store somewhere. Yeah. Know? It's like, it was just another th- thing. <laughs> so random. This, uh, this yeah. This one was totally random all of a sudden. <laughs> just like <laughs> It was like the curveball yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, no,
0: but I, yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, I think the thing is, is like, it, it's, it's kind of it. I think the thing is, is the way in which we've been learning to interpret the world most of our lives. And I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, I hope, I hope, I mean, I'm optimistic that things are changing, but we've been taught that, we need to achieve certain things, get certain things, do certain things. And that will mean that we did the right thing, that we lived our life properly, that, you know, we found the partner, got married, bought a house, whatever. It depends what culture you're from, but every culture has these set of things. Culture is made up. Culture is not real. Culture is just a bunch of things that we all decided to agree on. But, you know, we never question it because we go, well, everyone else did it. So then I do it. But like, you got to start looking at like, the way that you've been functioning, maybe it's part of the problem. You know, like, like if culture was really like all this stuff was really helping you out, like really, you know, don't you think you would be, don't you think there would be some type of way to, to help you actually get the kind of life that you wanted. But then what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll add in another factor. We'll, we'll add in comparison. Mm. And then we start going, well, they're doing it better than I am, or they're better than I am, or, you know, I just need to figure that out or yeah. I need to get this thing or, or, or we'll use things like, well, if only I was a little bit better looking, or if I was a little bit smarter, or if I, my parents were better to me or blah, 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 or whatever. And we'll use blame and excuses and all this other shit, yeah. which is like, you're this, it's all a denial of the fact that you're this infinitely creative being that at any moment can decide to just totally do your life in whatever way you want and detach from everything and you'll still be okay. Yeah. You know, but we, we're so we're hanging on to all this shit. So we can't see ourself. We, we actually, the stuff and us are the same. You know, we don't see ourself in it. Right. So we don't see ourself like without it. Yeah. 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 I don't know how to explain it. It's heavy shit, but yeah, know it is,
1: it is some really, it is some really heavy shit. I mean, and there's nothing, and again, there's nothing necessarily in, inherently right or wrong about culture. No, you know, it's like, but yeah, it is, it is kind of made up. Um, but I mean, like at the same time we've created it, um, because there are some sort of, there's something that's beneficial about it for us. You know, it's like, it's ways that we found in some ways to connect to each other, to relate to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's part of how culture is formed and I mean, art's a huge part of that, right? It's how we, how we, yeah, it's just a way that we can relate and connect to one another. That's really all that culture is, but sometimes there's not so great things about our culture, right? So it's when you, that's the benefit of being able to understand the sort of like the, the certain degree of meaninglessness behind it all Mm -hmm. to like, it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's all made up. Like it's, it's, and it doesn't mean that it's devoid of meaning that there's nothing valuable from it. But when we over identify with some things too much, and we don't actually question some of the ways that we do things, they Mm -hmm. can have destructive effects and all of that. Good shit, but I think it's just like the thing. All that is, good shit. All that good shit. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think it's just these are things that are so important for, I mean, us as human beings to be aware of, but as artists, because I know we're as artists, we're kind of charged with spreading certain like a kind of awareness. You know, like being knowledgeable. Like I think artists need to be, you know, um, we need to be educated. We need to be informed. You know, um, behind our, our messages and our work, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's because so much of the great works of art and no matter what discipline it is, I mean, the great ones usually had something that shifted culture in a way that shifted people's awareness of things. You know, I think that comedy is, you know, co- comedy is like one of those great art forms to me because, and this is something I was just realizing I was a conversation with, uh, with cat the other night. And I said, you know, the, the amazing thing about comedy is that it takes, it takes, uh, conversations. It it brings out conversations that we're too uncomfortable to have. Hmm. Right. And comedy allows us to have these conversations in a way, right. And like, and in a certain way that, we can hear it and we can take the power away from it to a degree and make it not such a scary thing, Mm -hmm. you know, which is why I think comedians can be some of the most brilliant artists in the world, you know, when they're like, some of the top at their craft because they take these things that we're so afraid to look at sometimes that we don't want to. And then they can kind of make us laugh about it and say, Oh, it's not such a scary thing. And then we can have a real conversation about it. Yeah. Right. And, and maybe our, and then our culture changes, Mm -hmm. our culture shifts, you know, and it becomes, um, more inclusive. It becomes more, um, more embracing, you know, it, creates more equality, whatever. I don't know, like what, I think that these are all good things, you know, I think these are all things that, uh, that art brings to the forefront, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. (laughs) (laughs) Man, this is not so serious Sunday. So serious. Holy shit, man. man. My head,
0: my my head. head on this one. Ugh. Well, you know, I've been just drinking this beer. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about it. It's, it's a, a strange one, dude. Yeah. It's
1: a new, it's a new flavor. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. This is. And when I bought it, when I got the fill of this one, I, uh, I had tasted a few of them and I got it simply because, and I told, uh, I told the girl there, (laughs) when I got it, I said, I'm getting this one just because I'm not even sure how I feel about it. (laughs) And that doesn't happen too often. Right. So like, okay, well I'm going to have a, like a glass of it. I'm going to drink this and see what I really think about it. And I haven't even, here, let me take another sip of this bad boy. Yeah, do it. I'm going to do the same. Yeah. It's really different. Yeah. Like it almost, like when I was in there, I said it almost has like a white wine kind of a flavor yeah, to it. Yeah, that's what I'm getting too. It's kind of like almost like a sour in a lager or like an IPA like well, somehow combined. I will tell you what this is. Yeah. And this is from Brassneck. Oh, is it? Okay. A good peeps of Brassneck. And uh, this is called Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> 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 and it's six and a half percent. And it is a, an aged Belgian Saison. Oh, okay. And, uh, she was saying that when, whenever they make this batch, um, when they're bottling it and, uh, and pouring it or whatever, um, when they move it out of like the brewing, the brewing stage, they keep a little bit of the old stuff still in there. So a new batch is mixed with a little bit of the old stuff. So it's never quite the same. Oh, really? every single time you, you get a, the new batch of it. It's a mutt. All so I was like, Oh, that's a great talking point. I'm going to make sure I remember that one. <laughs> but yeah, it is, um, it is different. It is a different like, beer. You, you don't even know. It's, I, I still don't even know how I feel about it. Yeah. I'm not
0: like, like I don't dislike it. No, I don't dislike it. It's not like I would, I would run to have more of it, but, um, but I, I'm I'm not minding it entirely, Um, so if you really want a different tasting beer, then try this one, people.
1: Yeah, it's Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> aged Belgian saison from Brassneck. Well, I like that old Brassneck. You know, they're always taking chances, trying new things. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I went in there today, and I mean, I had gone into Brassneck probably about a month ago. Went in there today, and there was like five things. There's like five beers on the menu that yeah, I've yeah. never had before. Oh, really? Like uh, that's one of the things I love about them. They just like they're always trying stuff. They seem like they have an endless rotation of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got some um, some brewmasters who aren't afraid to try some stuff out and take yeah. some chances. Well, most of their stuff I I really really liked. I yeah, mean, you know they're
0: definitely one of my favorite in town. Um, yeah, but this one's an interesting interesting beer, interesting
1: brew. Yes. (laughs) And at the very least, I was like, that is what we will be able to say about it. Yeah, totally. Well, it's it's good. You know, it's it's good to
0: try some different stuff too. And like, you know, not always be like, yeah, I like it. I like it. It's it's totally up my alley. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, yeah, you know, change the taste buds, who knows, maybe in time, you know, like I I remember when we started the podcast, I don't like IPAs as much, but now, now there's a lot of them I like a lot more. Um, you know, and I think that's just kind of, how this stuff goes. You try different things, you know, your, you you know, your taste buds evolve, your, your thoughts about it evolve. And yeah. And I think a lot of things like that, we're constantly evolving beings. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of that. Um, when I was younger, um, and I was starting my acting career, I started journaling, you know, a lot. And, uh, my whole aim was to try to figure out who I was because I figured if I figured out who I was, then I could be able to, another character. But if I didn't know who I was, if I didn't even know myself, how would I know anybody else? Right. Mm. So I I did this for years, (laughs) journaling, trying to dig in. I'm this guy. I'm this. This is who I am. This is who I am. Right.
1: Right. Right. Eventually
0: one day I was just like, there is no answer to who I am. I just realized it just hit me like a slap in the face. It was so obvious that there will never be a day where I can define who I am as a person. And there may be ways for people to label me. Like people might've experienced me in a certain way and say, no, you're like that, but they don't know the internal thoughts. They don't know the process. They don't know my internal world, just like I don't know theirs. And so what I ultimately realize is that I'm constantly changing and evolving and finding myself more and more. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized was that who I am is not is not something I can label. It's not something I can define or like, you know, it's, it's kind of this infinite changing, evolving thing. Mm. And, um, you know, and I think that it's a really interesting process to kind of try and figure out who you are, because, you know, I always thought I would come up with this answer one day. Like I just figured one day I would just have figured out enough stuff and I would be able to basically describe who I am. And I realized that all that
1: was just like an illusion and and actually quite limiting. (laughs) Yeah. And you would, you would sit, you know, in a chair somewhere surrounded by people and you would just be like, yes, this is who I am. (laughs) (laughs) I am perfectly like aware. I don't know if I would (laughs) have done that, but you know, I would have,
0: I think like I used to think, yeah, I'll know myself. And then through knowing myself, I'll be able to know a character. And I think, um, you know, I think that that's the that's the ego. You know, the ego is like it wants to be defined. It wants to be this thing because if you think about it, every time you try every time you say like I'm this way. This is who I am in the world. That's your ego because your ego wants you to feel like you're separate, like you're this one of a kind type of thing, right? And so yeah. then as it does that, it you know, you don't realize what damage it's actually doing because it's actually just separating you from everybody yeah. else. Right? Like someone like you just, we can do one. We can do one of this. We can do anything. We can go, are you rich? Are you poor? Right? Some people say they're poor. Some people say they're rich. Well, some people will say, well, I'm rich because I have family, you know, and someone will say something like that. And so like, well, what compared to what relatively, like, what is it? Like, how do you know? And so then in your mind, you have to think, I've created a relative thing to what it means to be rich. Well, I know Chuck and Chuck doesn't have as many, uh, you know, close relationships with his family and friends. So, you know what, I'm, I'm richer than him or whatever. Yeah. I have more money than Susan or whatever, you know? And so, I don't know, you know, just make it shit up. Susan,
1: she can never get her shit together. No,
0: Susan's, <laughs> Susan, get your shit together. Um, you know, and so anyway, uh, you know, so these, these very fleeting ideas, which create like a, a separate, kind of false identity of who we are, who we think we are. And it's like, well, okay, so let's just say we can, and I'm just, I know I'm going on a bit here, but let's just say that you say you're rich. Well, let's just say every friend you had and every family member you had died. Are you still rich? Some people will say no. Some people will say, well, I still have the feeling for them, but you made it up either way. You decided whether you were rich or not regardless of the external people were there or not. One person says, no, I've lost everything. I'm no longer rich. I'm broke in this area. Another person could say, no, I'm rich or whatever. Um, you lose all your money, whatever. Um, the, the point of the matter is, is that these ideas and these ways in which we suppress ourselves, the labels, you know, we, we, we create this entire cell, you know, of which we have to act out and live. So like, it's funny. Cause if someone believes they're broke and they label themselves as broke, they'll act as though they're broke. Mm-hmm. Which is they play, they're playing a fucking character in their life. It's the same as acting on stage, playing a character who's this person. So like, you know, now you could go, well, I'm broke. I can't act like I'm not broke. But then you go, well, what is your concept of what it means to be broke? I mean, the thing is, is like, and why do you decide that a broke person behaves this way? Because you watch that in culture and other broke people act that way. So now you're modeling, you know, so there's this whole thing, like, and eventually as you journal a lot, you start to like really try to discover yourself. You start to realize all these observations, but you're like kind of wild. And I study a lot of psychology. So I see, holy shit, all these things I think about myself and I think about really others and, and the whole world it's all bullshit. It's all just fucking bullshit. And like, you know, um, it, 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 you know, you can go really far down the rabbit hole when you go down this thing, but ultimately what you, what I I think anyone can come to is you try this exercise. Um, you might not get it the first time, but you ultimately find freedom because you realize, well, I can be, I can be anything at any moment. And, and none is, none is wrong. None is better. None is worse. It's simply preference and, and decision to decide I'm going to go about the world this way. And the thing is, is like it, you know, it starts to look almost when you start to have freedom like this, it can be scary to someone who doesn't have freedom because then they go, well, who are you? If I can't figure out who you are and you can be anything, well, who are you? I don't know you. And that's kind of scary. It's sociopathic. It's whatever, but it's not because what you, what you ultimately are really able to do is you realize you can find, if you lead with empathy, if you lead with compassion, you realize that it's really not about, it's not about what you get so much as it is about connecting with other people. And then you just find ways to actually, you know, meet people where they're at. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a wild idea, but the whole thing is, I think with acting is to free yourself from the confines of who you think you are. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, for years there's been, you know, know thyself. And, and I think that to a degree, it's, it's like, you know, you, you do learn about yourself, you know, and this sort of like how you, how you are in the world. But I think the biggest thing is like really knowing about your humanity in the world. I think that's like the, the humanity in you that, that connects you with, with others. Well, it's know know thyself. It's not
0: know thy ego.
1: Yeah that's
0: the thing that people confuse because the ego is a label, right? So when people say know thyself, they think it's know thy ego. That's what they're talking about. Ego is a label. Ego is I'm rich. I'm confident. I'm whatever. Um, self is not, it's not a label. It's, it's an experience. Know thy experience. It should really be Mm. know thy experience is really what people are after is like when I can experience what it's like for you, then I have a greater sense of self. I have not only me and my experience, but I actually have your experience too now, even though I didn't experience it i and so if you think about it, know thyself is this infinite exploration of know all people's experience know like and that's what self is like you know you call it spirit, I call it self, whatever mm-hmm. but it's it's the interconnectedness that we are all at the core, the same human being we all need love. We all, or not need, we all want love. We all feel fear. We have all, you know, had emotional feelings. And so we may interpret them different, work with them different, use them different and have a different kind of flavor on them all. But ultimately, if you go right down to the core, it's all the same stuff. And so then, you know, like, you know, you maybe haven't lived, um, you know, as a homeless person, or you maybe haven't lived as a billionaire, but if you can empathize with them, if you can start to try to understand what it's like and dig into that and find that experience as close as you can. That is actually knowing thyself in that scenario because mm-hmm. that's all it really is. But if we, if we stay to know that ego, you only know yourself in your limited experience of life.
1: Yeah. Or as some contrived sense of what, of what your life is or who you are. Yeah, and totally. yeah, it's all just like, yeah. And it's all just some made up, some made up concept, you know, which is one of the things I, I've always loved about, you know, great acting and, and why I've loved, you know, the Meisner work stuff is that, you know, it's, it's about really like stripping that stuff, stripping that stuff away Mm -hmm. to a degree, whether it's like, um, whether Sanford Meisner was necessarily knowingly doing this. I mean, I think he probably had an idea of that though. I've never, I have yet to come across like any quotes that like express some of the depth that I've found in it, but, you know, really stripping away all of these contrived notions of, um, of what something looks like, you know? Um, and this is where my, my teacher, Larry Silverberg, like, I think really kind of took it or takes it to a next level. Um, and, you know, by, (laughs) by like the the grace of of life i hope to ta- i hope to take it to another level um as well um standing on on his shoulders right mm-hmm. but you know he had he had planted some thoughts in about what you know the creative space was what the space that the actor um needs to try and achieve in order for real you know um a true act of creation to happen you know in, in the setting of, of acting. And it really was about getting these notions out of your head. Um, we watched, um, from a pocket live, Henry, Henry Ma, who we had on the show and he was talking about, um, he was talking about relationships in acting, you know, like you have your relationship and, and he said, most, uh, most actors have a judgment about what a relationship is or looks like, you know, you've judged this relationship as being this thing, as opposed to actually experiencing the relationship in the moment. Mm. Um, and to just continue to build off of that, uh, Larry had said to us uh, in, in a very similar way, he was, he was talking about relationships between characters, you know, and to, to a great degree of our humanity. And he was talking to a couple who just put some stuff up and it was like, don't let me ever hear anybody say anything like, oh, it's a, it's a mother daughter relationship. I like, I know what, what that's about. He's like, you don't know what that's about. You don't know what this one's about. He's like some, he's like some mothers treat their, treat their daughters like princesses and others drown them in the tub. You know, like it was harsh, Oof. right? But it's just like, whoa, like it drove the point home. Cause it was like, fuck. Yeah, I guess so. He's like, you don't know what it, you really don't know what it is. You know, Mm -hmm. it's there for you to discover it. You know, it's like there it's moment to moment. Yeah. You know, where you're discovering what your relationship is. Right. You know, because relationships can turn on a dime. Yeah. You know, like most people can probably relate to a falling out with a friend or a family member. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, whoa, like how the hell did that happen? Totally. You know, it's defined from moment to moment to moment. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's history like that's not there's not, uh, that, that can't be discounted. Mm-hmm. I don't think, but you know, it's, it's anything can, anything can happen. Yeah. And it's about remaining open to that possibility right. that anything can happen. Yeah. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. I don't remember who said that one, but that's one of those old <laughs> gems. <laughs> well, yeah, you yeah, know, it's,
0: it's an interesting, I mean, it's an interesting thing because I think like, it, it, you know it all comes so much of it does come down to having um, a combination of some self-awareness and some sense of courageousness to go into the things that are vulnerable that you don't understand and I think um, I think there's just a lot of stuff that we're not going to understand so like as actors especially young actors like people who you know are teenagers or in their early 20s and stuff who just you know, fresh out of school and stuff, you know, like for the most part, you know, you're going to have to be courageous. You're going to have to just go out and, and you're going to have to go find out by interacting with the world. And I think as you get older, um, you start to rely instead of on that, you, you know, you have a little bit of a more wisdom and you use maybe a sense of self-awareness to do these things. And I think, um, you know, awareness comes from, you know, a courageousness, you know, you, you, you gain more awareness by actually going out there in the world and, and experiencing it. And through experiencing it, you, you, you have awareness because self-awareness, I mean, if you really think about the word, right? Like, like self-awareness is, I recognize how I experience the world, right? because I recognize that other people experience it in a different way than I experience it. And so then through that, you kind of have a certain sense of awareness, but what people don't realize is they get the ego all caught up in it where they kind of try to separate the self. But the self is actually, it's this crazy term really, because what it really means is that I see myself in you. Like that's what the self is. Ego is like, you are not like me. I am different than you you know, but self goes, you are just like me. I'm the same as you, but I can see how we do it differently. Like, you know, it's like, you, you know, the thing is, and like, ultimately, like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that ego actually makes you a worse actor and self actually makes you a better actor. It's just simple because self is actually a recognition of you and another human being, which is acting. Right. And so then it's like, you just, you know, and, and actors will talk about their backstory. Your backstory is you seeing yourself with that interpretation of, of a projection on life or whatever, right? It's just in another person. Ego is like, like ego wants to kind of make things like, like separate. Like Mm. the ego is neat though, because the ego does this one thing, which is really cool, is it actually helps us to separate ourselves from the world right. To, to, and that's a, that's a good ability to be able to do in in certain ways. It's just way overexploited and overused. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, the, the ego, I don't know if, I don't know if it can actually entirely die because in some ways, um, you know, like when a child is born, they can't even tell a person from the wall. They can't tell it. They can't tell what anything is. Everything's just color. It takes time for their eyes to start focusing and start to have depth perception and, and see that things are yeah right. And that's, the ego does things kind of like that. It kind of starts to go, Oh, like your, you know, your life is like a little different than mine. But the problem is, is when we over identify with it as though our egos are better or worse. Yeah. That's where it's when the
1: judgment steps in, which the ego is full of is full of judgment. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that to a degree, it's kind of, it's, it's necessary. It's necessary for us to, to confront it to a degree. I mean, because like, you know, by having the sense of, of separateness, you know, from each other that it gives us, um, it makes it really valuable when we actually find our connection to each other.
0: Yeah. Well, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. Yeah. You know, like the ego in a way, like your ego helps you actually, in some ways by seeing separate, you can, you know, you can appreciate connectedness, Mm -hmm. right? So, but the problem is, is then if you get too caught up in one and you refuse the other, you lose both, you know, it's, uh, you know, like um, when people try to be happy and avoid sadness, you end up getting really nothing, you know, because you kind of, you know, they kind of actually go hand in hand. They're really these wonderful partners, Mm -hmm. you know, and so if you try to avoid one of them, you know, you, you lose the other. So really in a way, like the key is to embrace, embrace the sadness as much as you embrace the happiness and you'll get the best of, you'll get the best of both. And, and, uh, you know, and also separate your judgment from either because don't look at happiness as good or sadness as bad or vice versa. Yeah. Just look at them as
1: experiences. If Inside Out <laughs> taught us anything. <laughs> yeah, totally. Inside Out is brilliant. Inside way. Out is brilliant. Yeah. You know what? Let's talk about this movie because yeah, let's just talk about this movie for a few moments. Cause yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I just feel like I need to take a nap after this. Oh my God. <laughs> this after was this conversation. Too, this is more, it shouldn't be called a way too serious Sunday. Way too serious Sunday. <laughs> Holy shit. No, I love that movie. Inside Out, you know? Yeah but I suppose if we start dissecting this movie, yeah, just, it's, you know, it's going to just take us back right down the same, same track. But, um, I feel like we talked about some, I feel like, you know,
0: this so far we've talked about some stuff that's kind of pretty heavy shit, but I think <laughs> that, uh, I think, you know, someone might like be at a place where they can appreciate what we were talking about, or they might look back on that part of the conversation and be like, okay, there was some really good stuff in there. Maybe I will myself. Um, but yeah, like, I think the thing is, is, like, let's just switch gears.
1: Let's just switch (laughs) gears.
0: Everybody's ready for it, I think. Everybody's ready for it. If you haven't tuned off on this one, we're about to turn this around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's somebody just sitting there just being like,
0: holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Well, you know, like, okay, side note before we move on. Like, I I have to say, like, I think part of, like, I, I definitely directed the conversation this way in a lot of ways, because I've been, I've been jumping down a rabbit hole this last week. I just have to admit, like this last few days since our last podcast, really, I've been going down this fucking rabbit hole.
1: Like, oh, that's crazy. Me too. Me Yeah. And I've just been
0: going so deep into the whole thing. And it's been really like, like kind of wonderful, but also hard. And I think like, um, you know, it's so interesting because like, and I I do want to talk about, um, the movie, but I, my ego has been, you know, maybe other people on the line can relate to this. My ego has been fucking jumping up at me. Um, there's all these really great things that are going on, but my ego wants to go, Oh, well, you see, like, you'll never really, you'll never really make it. You know, <laughs> it'll never really matter or everything you're doing is pointless. It just has all these fucking yeah. things that it does. Right. And it's, and it's so interesting. I'm like, why is the hell is this all sneaking up on Marvin? Yeah. I call my ego Marvin shut up Marvin.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know? But you know, it's like, I mean, cause anyway, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's just been really funny. So like, I've been looking, I've been looking at things deeper and deeper and I'm just kind of starting to see that, like, Hey, like this whole thing of me, like whenever my ego's like, whenever I feel like, Oh, I'm not good enough or I'm not lovable or everything I do doesn't matter. That's me seeing myself as separate. And it's me just taking the separate thing that I make myself and like tearing the shit out of it. You know, yeah. it's like, but the beautiful thing is if I can separate myself from it and I can go and I can kind of go like, Oh, that's an experience. That isn't me. That's just me experiencing the harder part of myself. But the great thing is, is that it's actually really wonderful because now if I experience the depth of my low, I can really experience the high of my, of, of my, you know, the actual, like embracing, like the love and the, ex- the, whatever, the other things yeah. that I, that I'm looking for but like, you know, I think it's, it's good to have those emotional levels. And sometimes it's like, you know, maybe I'm in a, like a bit of a boxing match with the ego in a way, but it's kind of like, okay, this is good. Like we're, we're getting a little gritty. We're getting a little dirty here. We'll come back out of this. This will end. We'll move on, you know, but not to like, not to just hang out there and be like, Oh man, like my life sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No. And
1: that's (laughs) a really important awareness to have with this stuff is to like, is to, be able to, yeah, like detach a little bit from, from those thoughts, be able to see them and, um, and be able to learn from them. Yeah. I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing. And, um, I mean, I'm still working on that shit. Like we're yeah. le- really learning how to do that because sometimes, you know, the ego, um, you know, someone described it to me once Was like, he's like, as, sometimes just like it grabs you on the neck, like a, like a dog or something. And it just kind of like shakes you around, <laughs> shakes you around. You're like, Holy shit. Yeah. You know, and it really like, it's, it's jarring, you know, it shakes you, it really shakes you up and, and it can be hard to just be like, Whoa, like what? Okay, hold on. Like take a step away and not, you know, identify yourself with that. Right. Necessarily. I think that's the biggest thing is learning how not to identify, learning to say like, okay, these are just thoughts, right? You know, there's actually no reality to these thoughts, you know, other, other than how much I'm identifying with them, you know, the amount of, um, you know, the amount of pain that you're allowing it to cause you or mm-hmm. not cause you, you know, like, and, and that's entirely your decision, you know, as we've, as I'm learning and still working with learning how to make that choice, it's hard. You know, it's, I mean, it's you're, hard. you're
0: in, you're in the, you're, you know, you're in the, the gutter with it when, when it, ha- when it happens, it's so easy to be like outside of it and be like, oh yeah, when that happens, I'm just going to, you know, not deal with it. But I've also <laughs> heard that like, or whatever, you know, whatever way you want to put it. But I've also heard several times that when you are dismantling the ego, when you are actually effectively taking it apart in your life and you're starting to like disconnect and detach from what it's trying to get out of you or what's trying to make you believe you are, it, it comes back harder. It comes back with more, um, with more low blow attacks. Yeah. So like on it. So when you're like buying into it, it can be quite gentle. Like it, it's kind of running the show, but when you kind of go, well, no, like I'm not that like, it'll do the low blows. It'll take the thing that's your greatest fear. And it'll, it'll throw that at you. because it knows like it's got this trump card. It's got this ace in its sleeve where it can just throw this thing at you. And, and you'll always like, you know, you'll always be like, and so you kind of got to go with your ego. And this is the thing I'm kind of learning to do is when my ego goes, Brandon, you're not good enough. You'll never make it. Everything you want doesn't matter. That's basically when it low blows me really. Just, you're, you're just like, like, and it'll go lower than that. it will be like, you're a fucking mistake. Like you shouldn't even be here you know, like, and, and it's like, God didn't want you or whatever, you know, it's just yeah. like low, low, low. And you got to go, so what? You really have to come back to that. You got to go so fucking what? You know what? I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. And the ego cannot combat that anymore. Cause when you say so what, and you know, I love this. There's this part in a uh, Goodwill hunting. It's one of my favorite moments. We talked about his dad having the, uh, the belt, the stick oh, and yeah, the batter, yeah. whatever it was. Right. What was the last one? Was it like a something really like it was a bar?
1: Something really? Bad. Yeah, I thought it was like, for some crowbar. reason a bar, a crowbar jumped in my head or something, I, something there. like that, right? Yeah, I, I don't. I Maybe hate to it was a bat, part, I can't but it was remember, something. It was like
0: a bar. It was something really obvious yeah. that would hurt you badly. And and uh, Robin Williams goes, "You got to go with the belt or whatever." And he goes, "I went with the bar." He goes, "Why?" Just goes, "Fuck him." That's why. And that's the thing with the ego. You kind of got to do that. You got to be defiant to it. You got to kind of go. You know what? bring your worst because that's what I'm going to take. Because if you can face the worst, your greatest, lowest fear, you can detach from the ego. You can, it doesn't have the power. It only has the power over your great fear because it uses fear. Right. And my fear, you know, like my fears are, you know, probably around not being good enough, being, you know, lonely, being Mm -hmm. like, you know, not adding up to anything. Right. It's all manufactured shit. And I get that logically, but deep down in the feeling of it, it's not the same. Right. And so then you kind of got to go like, it doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that I, I want to do this, that I believe in doing this, Yeah, you know, like, and, and so I think the ego will, will do things like you can do as much as you want, but it won't matter. It'll never add up to anything. And you've got to go, so what I'm going to do it anyway. And like, that's, that's the, that's the detachment because the ego is going to hold shit over your head, like about achievement and, you know, image and all this other shit once you let go of that, you're free. Right. So I feel like right now what's happening is the reason why it's coming
1: up so much is because I'm really like, I'm actually taking on some big things. So I'm confronting these things. Right. So it's really throwing all of these things up because you're, yeah, you're moving into some big things, you know? Yeah.
0: and, And the moment that I start proving this stuff, like it's really interesting, right? Like, you know, you get success and then the ego kind of beckons a little to it. It goes, Oh, okay. Okay. But you won't get that but you won't get this next thing. You know, you'll get that, but you won't get this. And then you prove it wrong again. And, and like, after a while, it can't play the same game. Mm. It's all in your head. It's all just this crazy idea of self value. And I mean, you know, I think some people could be like, well, I don't really experience that. It's like, maybe not. But, but the thing is, if you push yourself into things that matter enough, the ego is going to start to come up. If you're kind of just getting through life, like you're kind of doing like the safe thing, it's not really what you really want then your ego is probably not going to confront you that much. But the problem is, is that you're not, you, you know, there's this other kind of side thing. The ego comes back in a different way. It comes back with the disappointment later in life. of I should have the guilt and the, you yeah. know, and all that other stuff. Right. Because so I think like, I would rather go and, and live my life and really try to do things I really want as opposed to like doing the safe choice. Cause I can make the safe choice and my ego will pretty much shut up, you know? Yeah. At least in that respect,
1: you know? Yeah but, then, but you, then, it comes back usually in another way, comes back another way, you know, it's, it just, is like, look, you're not doing anything with yourself. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's the craziness of, of the ego. It's like, oh, you'll never make, this is pointless. You yeah. know, when you're doing something, it'll tell you that it's pointless and, and it's not going to be any good or whatever, you know, yours says to you <laughs> all any and all of these things and then, you are know, okay. And then you sit back and you, and you know, if you, cause that happens, you know, sometimes like, you know, it does, it causes you to shrink back a little bit, you know, and, and you take step back and, and, um, and then it guilt you for that. Totally. You know? And, and, and it's like, oh, so you listen to it and then you step back and it's just like, oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. See, like you're like you're, you're proof that you're, that you're nothing. You're not doing anything with your life. And then you're just like, well, if you don't find like, this is how crazy it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the ego and the ego wants you to be small and keep your world small. Yeah. Right. Because like, I thought we were it, getting out. I thought we were, <laughs> we were going to a lighter time. I thought we were tar. getting out of this shit. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> no, it's fine. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. I was just like, yeah, I, I just suddenly, I'm like, oh yeah, I thought we were... <laughs> i know i thought we were right it's like we just dove right back we're just like yeah yeah incredible. we're gonna get out of this in a minute well let's
0: let's let's change gears people <laughs> so there's someone there's someone who's like no 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 i like this and then like everyone else is like shut up <laughs> talk about inside out it's much more fun yeah <laughs> but, uh, yeah whatever this episode is uh is, is gonna be an interesting one in the mix you know oh yeah they always are they always are um well inside out I mean you know one of the things actually oh, fuck it all just my mind is like still on this fucking thing because um I realized um the other day I realized well, it was yesterday but I realized that <laughs> disgust remember an in inside out remember disgust oh yeah yeah disgust is a fucking great one to have and uh, Tony Robbins talks about that in one of his CDs probably more than one but he's like if you want to change your life you got to get disgusted with it. And it's really true. Like, and like, like yesterday, I think I just kind of, I'm battling the ego doing all this stuff. And then I just, I just started to get really disgusted. Yeah, I got disgusted with the fact that I go to a cafe every morning and eat breakfast and write. I got disgusted with all the shit in my house. I got disgusted with these <laughs> things I don't care about, these fucking emails that I have not answered or haven't deleted or people right. I haven't unsubscribed from who, you know, are just trying to sell their shit to me all the time. You know, and and I just I just was like I'm tired of being in the city and not leaving and not going and doing anything. Mm. I'm tired of not making a movie. I'm tired of all this stuff. And, and as I hit that point, like I was, I was at this state and I mean, I I think I'm making that shift right now, but I was at this state of like, oh man, like, like it just, everything feels like it's taking forever to all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to fucking, I'm, I'm booking a trip. I'm going to go fly somewhere. I'm going to go travel somewhere just because, not because I need to get away, but because I just want to change my life. I want to change things. I'm going to throw, but I'm going to give away, sell and throw away a whole lot of shit. I started clearing out tons of emails. I just started doing stuff, Yeah, you know, and what I think disgust is this wonderful thing because if I, when I'm just happy and joyful and content, I don't feel like doing any of that shit or, you know, whatever. And sometimes when I'm sad, I don't feel like doing any of that stuff, but then disgust can come in there and be like, ah like, what are we going to do about this? And it's like, yeah, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. And like joy. It's so funny. Cause I remember when I saw disgust as one of the emotions, I was like, I don't know. Disgust really an emotion. I'm like, no, nah, that's such a good one to throw in there. You know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, cause disgust can actually like, that's kind of usable. Yeah. Like almost like anger is sometimes usable to help you get shit done, you know, like, or, you know, get angry about it, you know, Mm -hmm. like about the, about the shit that isn't working in your life or the things that, yeah. Or the stuff that you're disgusted about. I think maybe they're kind of related to each other in that way. It's like you get disgusted about it (laughs) and you get angry about it and then you do something about it. Right. Um, but yeah, inside out, what a great
0: movie. (laughs) Inside out, man. Inside out. I hear they're making a sequel.
1: I I hope so. Yeah. I definitely go and see, see that and I mean, Pixar, they always do such a, a fantastic job of,
0: yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, it's such a good movie. I mean, I, I, it's interesting though. Um, the whole thing about joy, like joy being, and, and we could all relate like joy is the good one, you know? And, um, I, I remember watching a movie review on, on, uh, on all that. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of our obsession. Like we always want to feel happy all the time. and We mm-hmm. like happiness is needs to be everything. And, um, we make things like anger and disgust and, and, uh, sadness bad we make them wrong. Well, not everybody, but a lot of us do. Right. And so, you know, it's a very, we, we limit our experience. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the thing is, is like emotions are not bad. They're just a part of the whole, the whole experience. I mean, you know, do you ever see the, you know, it's, people are super fake. You know, they're always got the fake smile. Everything's lovely all the time. Everything's, and you're just like, they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's a detachment. Like that's a disconnect from like the sadness and the anger, or it's like a cover. And you're like, that's bullshit. Cause whatever you're fronting here, th- there's something going on behind that. Right. And then, you know, you start to see like, uh, you know, people, if they can keep the act up for a while, but like eventually like all this stuff that you're pretending not to be. And then, you know, there's a pill for that, right? (laughs) Take a pill and like kill this, kill this off.
1: Yeah. And you know, there's such an incredible power in just learning to be vulnerable. You know, like when you learn to drop the shit, like as I've been learning this, you know, this year and, and just like, oh yeah, like it's just, it's so much easier just to not not pretend that i've got all my shit together sometimes you know it's so much better to to not say that i'm i'm fine when i'm not fine mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it becomes this really like intoxicating thing to be to just get really honest with yourself about yourself and then like to other people as well right you know it's uh because you're being authentic and when you're able to do that and you're able to to own that and not be like, oh well, what will people think of me? What will people, you know, say about me? Like, how is this gonna appear? Right? Like when you can just start to own your shit, you know, and own where you're at. Yeah. Like it's it's extraordinarily powerful. Totally. You know, and people I've I found have been like responding to me. I had um, a friend of mine the other day say to me, he was he just told me like, you are, It's like, from the first time I I met you, it's like, you're just like, you're just so much more grounded in who you are. Like, you're just, there's less, there's less shit up, you know, Mm -hmm. there's less me trying to, to, yeah, appear a certain way. Well, it's the authenticity factor, right? It's like, uh, you know, um,
0: it's, it's funny because we're scared to show what's really going on. And yet authenticity is like, the thing that most people actually truly want. I just don't think we know we want it. Like, yeah. because when you, exp- when you encounter someone who's authentic, it, I think it tends to be that, you know, people are tend to be kind of drawn and attracted to that. It's, 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 a it's, it's, there's something real, like this is real. Right. And so like when people are inauthentic, you know, and they're, and they're being false, there's something about it that is not, it's like, I don't know. It's not a, it's like, it's like kind of like shallow. Right. And I think, um, you know, authenticity is something that we haven't really, like we've been, we haven't really been taught to embrace it from a young age. We've, we've learned a lot of strategies to, you know, um, to, to kind of go in public and, and be a certain way. And I mean, of course, you know, if you just walk around and you suffer all the time and you're like just sad and angry and you know, that's not, that's not authentic either. I yeah. mean,
1: it's, it's about, cause now you're just identifying yourself by your suffering. <laughs> totally. Right.
0: <laughs> it's about kind of being, it's kind of being just a little bit more, more real. And I think, um, you know, finding a little bit more of like how, where you are really at at your core. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and, um, and, and it doesn't always look pretty to everybody. Sometimes people are not going to like it. And I think the, the, the downside of being, Authentic, or at least the seeming downside, is that if you are if you are authentic, what if people don't like you? You know, as your authentic self. Well, then they really don't like you. You know, and so there's, the, but that's all the ego kind of come up. Like, why do you even need anyone to like you anyway? You know, which is a whole nother friggin' topic. But yeah, inside yeah. out, inside out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, what what a weird weird podcast episode. Yeah. We're going to release well, and, this one? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, we will. I read the first Harry Potter book. There's something. Oh, did you? Yeah. How was it? It was good. You liked it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, it was definitely written for a younger, like somewhat younger audience, but they're still enjoyable. Yeah. Because um, I decided I'm going to, uh, I'm going to read the whole series just because, you know, my fiance Kat likes to, uh, she, wa- like she's read the whole, like the whole series before, like years ago. Um, but, uh, we own like the whole like eight film <laughs> saga on Blu-ray Man. <laughs> and she usually likes to watch it once, sometimes twice a year, the whole thing. And, uh, so I'm, I'm around for a lot of that and I've seen the films multiple times now Yeah, as, as a result of that. And, and I, I've enjoyed them and, uh, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to read these these books and we'll see what all this is like about, like get like the real sort of the world, because I mean, it's such a huge phenomenon mm-hmm. that those, those books were and, and the films as well, but especially the books, like some people say that they're like one of the most significant, like literary, you know, contributions to the world in, you know, of a generation kind yeah. of thing. And, uh, so that was interesting because then, right after we watched the first movie. Like, right after I finished reading the book. And you hadn't seen the movie? I, well, I've seen the first one, but years ago. Okay. So I'm like, usually, like, I think Kat sometimes usually just skips, like, the first two. Okay. The first two films because they're a little bit more for kids. Mm. Um, So I hadn't seen the first one in years, and it was interesting reading the book and then to the movie because the movie is two and a half hours. And as I was watching, I was like, Oh yeah, they left out this part and they left out that part and they left out this and they left out that, you know, they put this in, which wasn't a part of the book at all. You know, it's, it's, which is maybe a whole another topic completely about these like books turned into, into film. Yeah. The adaptation, the adaptation, like that's uh that's a tricky bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, it's hard to do well.
1: You know, you have
0: to, uh, with, with film, I mean, you have to, you have to run lean. I mean, you got to cut, you you know, there's, I mean, there's restrictions on even being able to shoot it or capture it or do the CGI to make it, make it appear. But then there's also just the time. I mean, people, you know, people watch movies, um, as long as they're willing to put up with their bladder. Yeah. (laughs) Really. So, you know, uh, you got, you got to have, uh, you know, you got to have them within a certain people want to take things in within a certain time. You know, so I think some people want, are willing to take in the Epic a little bit, but
1: you know, there's a certain part, there's a certain level where you just go, Oh, okay. Was this entirely necessary? Yeah. I think that that's where the, um, the arguments start to happen where it's just like, no, they shouldn't have left this in or no, it was perfectly fine and whatever. So it's, it's interesting because like for myself, I'm I, I come into to it like from more of like a, a film thing, you know, like I've got this, you know, I've, I have a long history with, with film and like screenwriting and acting and a certain understanding, like a, a deeper understanding of that flow, as opposed to the flow of say a novel, mm-hmm. not that I don't read books, but, uh, it's interesting because I found myself at points watching a movie. I'm like, Oh, I wish that they'd like kept this part in there. And then, but also then at parts being able to say, it's like, I understand why they, they cut that out. You know, it's like, cause then you got a bunch of running around and sometimes even just logistically, totally, it's like, what you're going to shoot, like, you know, you're going to shoot three different scenes in this same place to like get through this little sort of subplot of the story. Yeah. You know, of this thing, it's like, no, you see them condense it into like one scene. Yeah. Right. And you're like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, you miss out on some of the, um, you miss out on some of the stuff that like develops the characters and you miss out on, you know, the, just these little sort of touches on the world were really. And, but in terms of like moving and advancing the plot, right. Yeah. Which is like, really i mean in film it's about advancing the plot
0: it really is yeah
1: yeah like you everything's got to do it like you like even the scenes that are yeah maybe this scene is about like revealing something about the character but it's got to move it's got to move the plot too totally like it's it's because when you see a scene or at least when i see a scene that's just like it it didn't serve the plot of the story whatsoever it was literally just there to reveal something about the character it's like, okay, like it's, or that's all right. I suppose it's kind of forgivable, (laughs) but ideally you want to be doing both of those things. Like it should be like, it just needs to be just continually driving. It's got to be just like, it's got to be just, it's got to punch you in the face Mm -hmm. with like how much is going on in it. Mm -hmm. Almost. Yeah. I guess the first thing to go
0: in an adaptation is going to be like, the subplots and then, you know,
1: or some of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And some of the subplots and and then the the scenes that kind of just bridge the plot, they don't really accentuate the plot all that much, but just kind of like, you know, help close the gap between it all. Although, you know, I have, I've read books and then watched the movie and, um, you know, I've had experience where like, I've read a book and I'm like, man, I can't wait to see what that looks like in the movie. And then you don't even see the scene in the movie and you're like, what? Oh man, <laughs> like, I wanted to see what they do with that. You know? Yeah. Like, um, and then it's like, Oh, let's just cut it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like,
1: yeah. I was watching, um, I watched a little bit of, um, less than zero. Oh yeah. Cause that went up on Netflix recently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, that let- was a book I was actually,
0: one oh, the ones where they cut, they oh, cut some okay. of the scenes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Cause Oh, I can see why they probably cut some of the scenes in it. Oh, I, yeah. I only watched a, like a little bit from it, but, um, that was, that's, that was one that was kind of weird to watch. Cause less than zero is like a really, Oh yeah. Like that's a, that's a, ugh, it's, you know, it's kind of hard, just a, hard look. Yeah. It's a yeah, hard it's, look at, it's a, at an, that generation. It's very unsettling. Yeah. Like it's a very unsettling book.
0: The movie Um, doesn't, the movie doesn't even come close to expressing that. Well, I'm not in my opinion. Right. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, it's decent, but like
1: the book's a real experience in my, like I thought, well, because there's, there's a degree to which, to which like the, there's the way that the narrative is told, Mm -hmm. you know, in the book that how do you do that in the film, like the actual way that the story is told, because um, it's told, is it told in first, it's told in first person. Yeah, it's first person, yeah. but it's the way that it's written. There's just a way that it's written. It has a kind of a movement and a flow to it. Yeah, that's just like I don't know how you do that necessarily in film. Not that it would be impossible, but um, yeah, I don't know. It seemed like they were trying, like from the bits that I watched in the movie, it's like they were trying to make it kind of edgy. Yeah. Whereas like the book isn't necessarily like, it's not that it's not edgy, but it's just like, it's this slow burn mm-hmm. in the book, you know, like it cr- just creeps into you. Yeah, totally.
0: And, and and it's hard cause you don't get the character's thought process in the movie. Like you, you know,
1: yeah. You're like, sort of watching him and he's like going around and it's like, all right. But there's like these little things that are captured in the book that you're just like, yeah, yeah. How do you do that? Well, what you you
0: don't get in the movie, in my opinion is, um, you know, the, the, the apathy that's going on for the characters and also this deep seated sense of purposelessness that's going on, you know, and this, um, you know, and, and this, this underlying kind of like pain and and I think I, I kind of think it was partly to do with the time that the movie was made like you know what audiences would be willing to embrace and what mm-hmm. writers were willing to do I mean I think you know put in the hands of the of the right writer today you know um for a screenplay adaptation and the right filmmakers.
1: Yeah. You know, um, that, but would anybody even want to go and see it? They're just like, that would still be like a really, like a disturbing film to well, see. It's like
0: one of those, it's like uh, that play closer, you know, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna like twist your guts, you know, that, that that's the idea. Mm-hmm. right? And, and, um, that was the whole reason why the book was written in the first place. It was, you know, to point out the fact that, you know, you have this whole like youthful generation in LA that's basically got all the money and all the stuff and all, and all the drugs and all the, you know, all the parties and they yeah. got all of that and they have, you know, not to work. They have really need for nothing. And it's kind of like what happens is this kind of like apathy and purposelessness and total fucking disconnect. Like nobody, like nobody has any kind of real, um, earned and Uh, type of growth or like adversity. So you just have this, like these meaninglessness relationships and this lack of self identity and this lack of, of self value where it's all just about feeling good and like doing the status quo thing. And it's like, you know, and And I think
1: passing the time, like almost, you know, just like just passing the time, and there's it's, a reason why it's called less than zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's it, a reason
0: why it's called that. And right. And, I can't and
1: remember the name of the author. Um, I have his book right but, there on my shelf, but he also did, um, American psycho. Oh yeah. Right. He did American psycho. Pretty sure. That was Which also a his brilliant,
0: brilliant movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I, you know, he's, he's, I'm pretty sure it's the same dude and he's always been like, you know, his it's on the tip of my tongue, but his writing, you're going to grab I it. Probably, I'm going to go and grab it. His writing has, has been a lot about, you know, um, putting forward like these big social ideas of, you know, what's, what's going on for people like deep down underneath. It's in my novel section, it's Evan, in
1: your novel section.
0: which is over to the right. <laughs> we should
1: take some pictures of this so people can see your novel section.
0: Yeah. I got a lot of books here um Evans in the distance. This is, a, this is this is the weirdest podcast, man. This
1: is so weird.
0: It's the most this... bizarre one that we have ever had. So thanks for joining
1: us if you're still hanging out. I don't think I can find it. Well, maybe, maybe I'll sh- look. Um but not like we don't have devices. We'll post it on the um on the blog. Yeah. As yeah. see who the author is. Just look for mentions. Um <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> figure this out. <laughs> we'll figure <laughs> We'll figure this shit out. Yeah. It's been an interesting talk, man. I don't know what the hell we discussed. What did we discuss? What do we, well, we, uh, we discussed, um, we discussed how we give everything in our culture, all the meaning it has, how it doesn't inherently have any meaning other than the one that we give it and that there's value to it, but it's whatever we assign to it. And we talked a lot about, uh, about the ego Mm -hmm. and about being, um, being connected to our humanity, you know, being connected to, um, the things that, uh, bring us, bring us all together that connect all of us, you know, whether that's through, um, through our, our desire and, and for love and our dealing with fear and all of this crazy <laughs> shit, man. Like <laughs> man, we had this conversation Like, <laughs> he's like, it's just like, Holy shit. Like it's, Are these guys guys fucking
0: high? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on? Um, we talked about acting in your book.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, (laughs) which should be released by the time that you, you know, the actor's awakening, the actor's awakening still, still needs a second title at this moment. Yeah. But,
0: uh, no, I mean, that's a good title for it. It, it, it is like, I mean, I think that's, that's, you know, and, and yeah, figure out your subtitle for it, but yeah, the, uh, it is kind of an awakening. Like once you, once you start to become aware of the stuff that you're pointing out, I think it actually is, it can be quite helpful for people with their, and you can take all the tools that you have, but just understanding these processes that you're, that you're worrying, Yeah. It just sort working, of
1: changes right. some of the way that you, um, yeah, it doesn't make you not use like the techniques and the tools that you've learned. It's just like it's it just takes it th- some things a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, like know this stuff, like get really acquainted with this stuff, and then I think all of the tools start to come into like the the their purpose and their intention really starts to come into focus a bit more. More, I th- more I think more I think. And I think- how you work,
0: you know, so they can kind of get an idea of what you're doing, because, um, I think, you know, you take kind of those ideas and you take them further, which is cool. And I I don't think many people, at least not any that I know of that really offer that type of working, um, at least not that directly, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's really cool. And I think, uh, it's, uh, you know, I think that's so much about it. I mean, I, I think, you know, acting or doing really anything in life, I mean, we are, we are usually our greatest obstacle. And yeah. once, and you kind of identify a lot of ways in which the actor is their own obstacle. And once they can remove that themselves from being in their own way, I mean, it frees up a lot of great stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, well, thanks l- for the endorsement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not trying to, but yeah, it was, it was good. I just read it. So, um, you're welcome. long and short of it you're welcome uh do you learn anything from this podcast do you got anything to like leave people with like um
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that about sums it up people like it's you know (laughs) like i feel like sums this one up like i feel like i've been sitting in this stew of this conversation like for the last like two months. Yeah. You know, like I've been like, this is like the kind of shit that I've been like thinking about. (laughs) it's the stuff that I've been contemplating these days. And I'm just like, fuck, are we really talking about this now in the podcast as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, I know, I don't necessarily know how this has been a good talk for me, (laughs) (laughs) but I know it was, I know it was because it's just like, it's kind of, uh, been a bit of an affirmation of a lot of the things that um we've been talking about you know just like getting some deeper clarity and like you know more rooted in some of this stuff you know like we did a podcast a little while ago that um was about like the so what yeah you know saying the so, say say so what to your to your fears and what if to um to your dreams right um yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really being aware of, of the voice that is trying to tear you down. Like really, I think if anything, this is uh this has just been another sort of expose on the behavior of the ego <laughs> and its craziness and to be aware of all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs>
0: it's good enough yeah yeah weird beer that's all i got weird talk weird beer, weird talk. if you if this is your first podcast with us and you manage to make it through and you're not like <laughs> totally <laughs> gonna shut us yet um most podcasts aren't like this for us this has been a unique one um i think for me it's like who knows maybe this wasn't a bad podcast Brandon. i don't know maybe it, like, can't judge it no i'm we ju- don't know I'm, I'm judging it i'm uh, i'm judging it and i'm trying not to Cause that, you know, it's just, um, it's been a little different. It's it's not so much even the talk, it's just like, like the, the, my own personal battle that I've been going through. I mean, it's accumulation of all this stuff really for me too. I mean, the ego is a, you know, in this kind of thing is, it's a really challenging thing because as I've been taking on a lot of bigger stuff and I've been really challenging going for my dreams and going for these bigger things that I want and really pushing myself out of comfort zones. Um, yeah, I've just had a lot of this, I've had a lot of this stuff come up, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's good, you know, to kind of like, um, get to kind of talk about it and, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think the thing that I'm, that I'm really taking away from all this, is just fucking (laughs) do what you gotta do. (laughs) Not really anything (laughs) all that profound
1: (laughs) Do what you (laughs) Do what you you After all of this shit after like this like dense black hole of a conversation and I mean that in a very like intensely like you know like deep way We like it comes to do what you gotta do. So after all of this, do what you gotta do, folks. You know, shit ain't easy all the time. Sometimes it is. Do what you gotta do, and sometimes record it
0: and yeah. share it with everybody. Oh
1: man. It's been ridiculous. Well, thanks yeah. for tuning in folks. Like, yeah. Please leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> or, or don't. It'll be interesting whatever you put. Yeah. Absolutely. Any yeah. feedback is appreciated. <laughs> do what you gotta do.